Well, hello there and welcome to Gene and Roger Talk Movies. This is the first time you'll get to actually see us for real if you're watching on YouTube. Um, otherwise, you're just going to hear us. But I'm here today with, of course, Gene. He's, for some reason, his name says Anita. That must be his wife. Yeah. Um, <laughs> <laughs> it's a computer. But we have our friend, uh, Scott, director Scott Eggleston back with us, uh, director, of course, of Bad Bones, which we reviewed back, I think, in episode 14. We both loved that movie. And if you couldn't tell already, his son, Benji, is joining us from Washington because today we are talking about When Evil Lurks, which is currently available on Shutter and Prime Video. Let's get right into it. Gene, what are you thinking? <laughs> I really like this movie. It's a... Um... It's pretty, it's interesting because lots of times the, the horror movie genre has like a surprise element, you know, it's, it's that, that the whatever negative thing comes around, it surprises people. But in this movie, the, the evil that they call it has been known for, for quite a while and such that um, people have, and the community actually have developed, they use in the movie, they use the word protocols. Like um, later in the movie, they talk about the city has gone, undergone the protocols. You know, they started the protocols. And actually, there are uh, rules that you use to follow it or to deal with this um, evil possession thing. And there are seven rules, which, of course, reminded me of the movie, which we all know and love, The Gremlins. So The Gremlins <laughs> only has three rules. This movie has seven rules. So, but, and people know these rules, but... Um, I know I like this movie. It seems to delve with the theme of like resilience, and that's I think people can be remarkably resilient, except when you ignore the rules or you're emo like or if you act irrationally. And, and unfortunately, the major character in this movie is highly irrational, just very prone to, to anger, and his anger undo undoes him or gets him undone, whatever. Yeah, and such that he ends up suffering in ways that are unimaginable, but really is kind of his own fault. So, but I, I like this movie. I like it. Gene, I am so excited to hear you say that because the uh, listeners over the last two episodes know I've been hyping this movie up. Let's, uh, <laughs> Scott, I'm going to go to your son, Benji, to get uh, his opinion. What do you think, Benji? Uh, I think it was good. It was, it scared me. So that's good. Okay, let's get straight to the director then. Scott, what are you what are you thinking? Well, this movie left me kind of conflicted because I did there was there was a lot of originality I felt in this movie and a lot of tension. Um, but there were also some things that I didn't well, I guess my biggest complaint about the movie was is it ratchets up the tension so strong in the first half and then it sort of dissipates. Um and so I was really impressed by the first half and the second half not not as much. Uh, I I did like you know, when, when I was watching this, I, I knew one thing I knew about it that I knew you would like, Roger, or that you did like, was the fact that uh, nothing is sacred in this movie, right? No sacred targets. Yeah. There are lots of victims in this movie that you think, oh, well, they're, you know, they're not going to, that person's not going to die because they're a pregnant woman. <laughs> and uh, <laughs> right, right off the bat, you know, they, they let you know that uh, nothing, nothing is safe in this film, which is good in a horror movie, I think, because it keeps you off balance and you, you, it makes it less predictable for sure. Um, but like I said, I was sort of, I was conflicted because it, 
it kind of lets go of you in my opinion after the after the midpoint and, and uh, you kind of relax because it sort of turns into a road movie um so yeah so i'm sort of uh in the middle of this one. Oh my gosh okay scott you're blacklisted um <laughs> absolutely love this movie this movie hits every horror element i i look for and scott you hit it perfectly where no one is safe in this movie. There is no plot armor in this movie at all. You fear for every character going in. There is a scene that just blew my mind and I'm going to spoil it right now. But the main character, there's the, the everything's starting to happen. He fears for his ex-wife and his children. He yeah. goes to their, their house. Uh, they've had some domestic problems in the past, which is why they're divorced. Uh, so there's uh, a not some, but a, a lot. We're, right, Maybe and irrational. In yeah, the, in the Absol absolutely. And there's a little girl and this dog, and <laughs> yep. the scene the scene gets set up to where basically the protagonist has actually brought the evil with him because the dog sniffs his clothes because he's got to take all his clothes off because he you know, it needs a different set of clothes and the, the rot is what they call it is within these clothes and it infects this dog and this dog straight up massacres that child. And right there, I was just, you know, I'm going to say that was a beautiful scene. Of course, we're talking, <laughs> we're talking horror, right? It's a horrible, horrible scene, but in the context of a horror movie, that was beautiful because we're not talking like, Oh, I don't know, Jurassic Park, where, oh, hey, here's some little kids and they're in peril. And you know that there's no way that director is going to kill those children. And here, out of nowhere, that child gets completely massacred. And I was, from that moment on, I was like, I am all in with this movie because this director is not playing around and no one is now safe. And Scott, to your or your thing about the rising tension, you're absolutely right. It was crazy tension at the beginning but I do think they needed to take a little bit of a break before they started ratcheting it up again. And that break really was, let's get some of the backstory. Let's get the rules. Let's meet the person who kind of knows what's going on and can actually stop it and then start it again. So I really love this movie. Yeah. I like this movie as well because it has like, a, and if it's going to be a horror movie, you know, there should be like, for the lack of a better phrase, should, they should have, well, a good horror movie should have good kills. This movie has great kills. You know, that's why we were talking about before we started, like the movie Megan and some other movies. And they call themselves horror, but they just are lacking in good kills. You know, and this movie has an abundant amount of, yeah, yeah. So stuff happens. Well, and Gene, okay. I. I, I'm sorry, Scott. I really also liked the religious undertones going on in this film as well. But go ahead, Scott. No, I was just going to say, you know, I, I agree with what Gene is saying, although I'd, I would also say that, you know, the suspense of approaching death is, is I think, for me, what makes the best thing in a horror movie. And that the more, I mean, I, I guess my point is, I don't, I don't think a lot of, you don't even have to have a lot of people die in a horror movie for it to be scary. It's just the fear of impending death. Um, but this movie definitely, you know, clings to lots of people are going to die and it follows through <laughs> in, in horrific ways, for sure. You know, the old axe to the face is always uh, an unpleasant sight. And uh, kind of going with what you were saying, uh, Roger, is that this director doesn't shy away from sticking your face in everything. I mean, mm -hmm. you see it all. Uh, it's it's pretty, uh, as 
as Ben pointed out at one point, he turned to me and said, this movie's really gross. <laughs> it is pretty gross. It is pretty disgusting, yeah. Well, and and Benji, what did you think about the level of, of violence in this film? I mean, children get killed and there's no coming back from some of those scenes. Uh, what, what were your thoughts when that was going on? Well, when I said uh, this movie scared me, I was specifically talking about the little girl playing with her dog, you know, circling it, playing duck, duck, goose, you know, knowing something bad is going to happen. But after that, you know, I think uh, Scott's right that uh, the tension kind of dissipated. In regards to violence, uh, you know, when that when they're driving and they see. I can't remember. It was that woman, you know, having a snack, you know, (laughs) yeah. (laughs) That that was gross, but I almost feel like it'd be scarier if you didn't see it up close, kind of like Jaws. You know, you just you see the pieces of the brain like fall at her feet, and I thought that was scarier than actually seeing her eat it. Yeah, no, I was all in on that mother tearing the brains out of that child. That was amazing because again, you all bets are off now because when that kid got taken by the mother who was possessed, I just assumed, okay, now we're, now the movie's moving to, Oh, we've got to get the kid back. And it's going to, that's how it's going to end. He gets the kid back, defeats the the evil. Nope. Here's the next scene. Oh, this kid is completely dead. And all hope is lost for that. But Gene, what were you thinking? I did like the the talk about religion there, where they were talking about how they had the the I don't know the the fake healer preacher people, and it kind of turned the whole town off to religion. And there's a scene there where they're like, "Why are you praying? God is dead." And it's almost like the lack of religion has allowed this rot to infect the whole town. It was, it was pretty good because um just with lack of with churches are dead comment you know just the lack of of where their faith is just there's a line where Pedro says you know like um he's crying and after his um wife had called him on the phone but it was really wasn't his wife who was on the phone and he's crying and he says I, I I've seen things where I've seen too much or something like that and I think um what's happened is that the, this this evil or as it's um when it infects somebody they call them they call that person rotten (laughs) so and um i I think maybe people have just seen too much you know when you experience too much maybe your faith in these institutions gets uh, eroded or destroyed so i i kind of thought that it was just people who have seen seen a little bit too much and they're just in the they've reached their limit Right. I did like how the and I do not remember the lady's name, um, the character name, but she was kind of an instigator for really the downfall of religion in that town because she had been her. Was it her dad or whatever had been the preacher in the town, but they were doing all the fake healing. And then one of the rotten people came in and vomited all over everybody and and kind of started the whole thing. And then religion kind of fell apart at that point. Scott, what were you thinking about the, that situation? Um, well, I, you're obviously great with the details because I didn't remember as much about, you know, the <laughs> the uh, religious rot, if you will, you know, in the town. I mean, I, I did realize it was there. 
Um, and obviously, like you say, they kind of do an in-media res and they kind of drop you into the whole lore of the town without explaining it all immediately, which I appreciate. I always like to, you know, have the information doled out as you go. Uh, I hate, you know, expository, you know, things at the very beginning because it doesn't, it doesn't allow, it's, it treats the viewers being stupid and this viewer, this movie definitely does not do that, um, which I, I appreciate. Um, but yeah, that's definitely, you know, as, as a dimension, uh, to it. And something unusual and different that I really hadn't seen before. And, and and boy, when you say you know they allow the rot into the town, that rotten guy at the beginning, I mean that yeah. was a, that was a pretty pretty disgusting image um, that I can't. I mean, I, you know, I tried to think of like you know other movies where I've seen like these bloated kind of disgusting creatures like that before, um, and you don't see it very often. A few times, a you know, blade maybe or seven or something like that. Um, but that, I mean, and they, again, the director does close-ups, you know, you see, like, green ooze from his <laughs> mouth, you know, all that mouth, stuff. Yeah. He's really fat. It's got the thing on his neck. Oh, yeah. Yeah, it's nasty. And then, of course, they, you know, try to take him out of the bed. And it's almost, you know, <laughs> one thing I did, one thing I did appreciate, about, appreciate about this movie also is sort of the, the dark humor. Because the whole thing of taking him out of the bed, you know, it's, it's gross, but it's also funny. Um, just like with, the, I mean, it's so kind of sick to say but the the woman carrying her kid and eating out of his skull image mm -hmm. i mean it, it, to me i thought it was you know very it's a sick joke you know um j just like at the end with the possessed uh, autistic kid you know when he's pulling the hair and the necklace out of his mouth and it kind of gives him a side eye at one point you know like he's he hiding does. inside of that body i mean that's funny that's that's a joke right and uh so I appreciated those moments like that which didn't necessarily alleviate you know the the dread that's in the movie but it's uh, it just shows it's ev it's evidence of a more finely tuned uh, movie versus something that's just going for disgust, you know. Oh, for sure. I really uh, like how it just gets moving immediately and draws you into, hey, what's really going on here? Uh, both Gene and I don't like movies that just pitter patter around for a half an hour before they start going. This one started right away, um, so that was right up my alley for sure yeah. and that was a great scene that that's got you alluded to where they're, they're moving the the rotten guy he's probably weighed like 300 pounds right at least like picking up by picking and picking him up by the sheets and all they're all the sheets gonna tear and then and then pedro says no it's a good enough but of course what happens the sheet tears yeah. you know? <laughs> go get a blanket you know, and it's just like you're thinking, well, how disgusting it's going to get all <laughs> in all your yeah. yeah. And well, I also... kind of a... go ahead, Scott. Well, I was just going to say, you know, that's uh, that's kind of a trope in, in movies, uh, not of this ilk, but of thrillers in general, where you have a, a body you can't get rid of, you know, kind of a thing, or it's difficult to get rid of, which always, uh, you know, creates either comedic situations or just more dread of like, you know, I think of like Blood Simple or movies like that, where maybe the body doesn't die, you know, or you trying to kill it which to me is always more realistic than you know the person that gets a karate chop to the neck and just passes out you know, the human body is hard to dispose of and so that's you know in a movie like this it's i think again it's the level of detail that helps so well now be careful there scott because i do remember in bad bones <laughs> where somebody just kind of got pushed and they died <laughs> yeah you're right you're right and i regret that <laughs> oh but in bad bones didn't they hit the the the, the the coat hanger or something on the back of their neck and that isn't that well, no he just dies he uh <laughs> well i mean we tried, to, <laughs> we tried to imply that you know she had some sort of you know more superhuman ability at that point but it yeah i've i've that's uh 
I failed. <laughs> it, it works. It, it It's fine. But hey, Benji, one of the other things I really like in this was I liked the line of dialogue with the uh, when the kids had had gotten the body of the rotted guy and the uh, person who kind of knows what's going on, the woman. She's like, oh, yeah, children. Yeah, they like children. Evil likes children because children like evil. What did you think about that line? Um. I think I turned to my dad and I said, what? What does that mean? <laughs> I guess uh, I guess I was thinking like their children are more naive and more curious. And so I thought maybe that's what they were going for. Uh, I don't know. I feel like you're you're about to tell me how I'm wrong <laughs> or what the right answer is. Well, let's but, let's go to your what dad. Do you think? Where is he wrong? OK. <laughs> Well, I don't I don't necessarily agree with that concept on a religious level, uh, but maybe it would imply that they're more mischievous and kind of getting into trouble and doing things, you know, that mm -hmm. th those of us that have grown up and you know, with experience, obviously, know you don't touch the stove, you know, because if you do it one time, you'll get burned. And if your parents aren't there to tell you, you might burn, you know, do that anyway. So I'm not sure. Again, from a, a religious perspective, I, I don't agree with that if that's the concept they were going for. But, you know, it's not my movie, so. Yeah, I was just equating it to the uh, ease with which naive children could be susceptible to these yeah. different ideas, which is why it was easier for the evil to kind of work with the children because they're protecting the the evil there at the end. Gene, what did you think? Well, I, I think uh, I'm going to confess well, like a parental faux pas that, that I did with my older kid, um, Jamie, that in the background, that was my younger kid is 13. But um, I don't know. I felt like one day, I don't know, overcame me, but I felt like watching Scream, right? And so my younger kid was was with me, you know? And he was probably five or maybe even four at the time. And I, I was thinking, oh, he's, he's too young. He's not going to understand these things. And I'm just going to watch it. But, you know, just at the very beginning, you know, where, where the, you know, the scene where you know, the, the guy invades the house and all that. So my little son, Jamie, he got genuinely scared. You know, you could see the expression on his face. Like, he was scared. And Gene, he's five. He recognized what 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 things that were very, very negative. It was very, it was very apparent to him. So, but I, I can see, yeah. Yeah, like Benji, I agree with you. Kids are naive and they, they're just lacking in wisdom. And they can be... um. And it goes along this move, this word, the, the word manipulated appears over and over in this movie. So it's like, and also when the spirit inhabits people, the it makes the people, it, it turns them into liars and they lie. And so if you're not having a, if you're not clear headed, you can be, you can be manipulated by these lies, you know, which again is one of Pedro's huge downfalls is he allows himself to be manipulated by these lies. Yep, for sure. Yeah, can, Go ahead. Can we talk about can we talk about the last scene where he uh, leaves the room when he shouldn't have? Mm -hmm. Yeah, I mean, I realized he was supposed to be manipulating everything, but that was a scream at the screen moment for me. It was like, "What are you doing?" <laughs> he's been trusting this person this whole time. Yes. And then he, he's like, "No, don't leave. This is the only way to kill it." And he's like, "I'm uh, going to go get an axe. See you later." I had an issue with that, but. Yeah, I, you know, I am giving the movie a pass on that one just because of 
the emotional wreck that that person is at that point and just the chaos that he has witnessed now for what a day and a half uh, lost both of his children and there's all these different voices coming at him oh the body's over here it's over there oh get this axe do this thing she's yelling at him don't do this don't do that hey this person is still alive in here we don't care get the other <laughs> and i just think he just was too overwhelmed and just obviously made the mistake um, and then made an even greater mistake after that. Cause one of the rules is you can't kill these things without this special device. Um, and so the only part of this movie that I didn't really like was when the initial rotted person, they put him in the truck and then he's not in the truck anymore. And thinking about that scene, because they do this deal where the car swerves because there's a kid on the road. And then suddenly this 400 pound body is <laughs> no longer in the in the bed of the truck. And I think they would have done this movie. Uh, it would have been a little better had they actually got to their destination, dumped the body because you still could have had the kids, you know, get the body and move it or whatever. Because um, mm -hmm. it just how did it get out of there without anybody realizing it was out of there and it's not even like the bed of that truck was open when they pulled over the <laughs> bed was still sealed so it's like how did that yeah. happen but anyway yeah well and, and the way the whole movie was set up i mean they tried to do everything they were supposed to and it's still the virus or whatever still got out right i mean it still was mm -hmm. you try, i mean they said don't move the body it's supposed to, the professionals are supposed to do this and i'm assuming that's why it got unleashed is because they didn't follow directions or follow protocol um, but yeah, that's the, that's a really good point. Um, I didn't realize the the bed was sealed when they pulled up. Like yeah, he, he bounced out somehow and then it shut automatically. Yeah. <laughs> right, exactly. <laughs> but but I also liked how the rot would tell people what he was going to do because he told that one farmer guy, "Hey, I'm going to infect your pregnant wife's child, unborn baby," okay. um, and and that's exactly how that played out eventually. And so there's you know I think the allowing this stuff to happen right the loss of religion the allowing yourself to be manipulated is playing upon preying upon weaker people and uh bad things happen after that but i did like it how hey i'm gonna do this thing and then 15 minutes later oh he did that thing well I, it probably wouldn't happen because ruiz that the landowner he 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 knows one of the rules is you don't shoot him with a gun mm -hmm. Like everyone kind of knows the rules, you know, because this has been going on for a while and, and he has a shotgun and but he gets mad and he lets his anger overcome him and he shoots the goat, which reminded me of the movie The Witch. Of course. <laughs> uh, Mitch, you know, we're talking we were talking about, about the witch, you know, Scott, where you're getting your light set up and you reminded <laughs> me of the goat in the in the witch, because there was a goat there, you know, but Yeah, that was a little I was a little unclear about that scene. Like was that was the goat supposed to be was he infected by the rotten guy yeah because the the rotten guy like just died like it was just i don't know bounce because they have to die first right before they can transfer i'm not so sure not. no no, no they they don't they don't have to die first they can transfer their real power comes though when they die because they are reborn as the right. little child right and but no they're able to infect um, and that's that was one of the big problems of moving him was that made that power even more potent. What was the name of the goat in the witch? Uh, Jean, 
It's Black <laughs> Philip. Come on, Black <laughs> Philip. <laughs> but then the, the Rui is the guy he shoots Black Philip, the, the goat. And then immediately after that, like the spirit goes into his pregnant wife and she yeah. gets him with an axe. And then Yeah, I did I did it, it I did jump at that point too. Like it did get me. I wasn't expecting the axe. Maybe that not that fast. <laughs> no, it was right away. No, and that again, that's one of the reasons I just love this movie, because right away all bets are off. Everyone is in danger. And that's not a thing that you get a lot anymore with horror. Um, and that's just I just love this movie so much because of that. And a lot of the great horror movies are just like that, where everyone's in danger, no one is safe. That's why, like in Scream, they killed off Drew Barrymore in the first scene. It's setting it up that, yep, here's our biggest star on the poster, and we're killing her off right now. Um, and so no one is safe anymore. So yeah, I imagine that had something to do with the fact also that it's a foreign film and not a an American film. Yeah. Foreign films seem to be a little more uh going for the throat oh i totally agree with that i mean the that's one of the beauties of having things like shutter and streaming now because a lot of these movies you wouldn't normally have access to you do and uh there's a number of foreign films that are just uh really great i mean gene and i did a whole sequence on uh j-horror um and and things like that so have great appreciation for non-hollywood filmmakers because they will do amazing things like this. Even Peter Jackson, who's now Mr. Big Time Hollywood, you know, you're looking at Dead Alive or uh, Bad Taste where, oh, these movies are just off the rails, right? And so, um, Benji, I don't know how much uh, foreign horror films you've seen. Did you, please tell me you at least uh, had this with the subtitles and not dubbed? <laughs> oh yeah, I only do subtitles. Oh, uh, I do like, yeah. Don't worry about that. I, I do like uh, some Asian horror. Uh, I think it was called Gondium Haunted Asylum. That was Korean. <laughs> that was a good one. <laughs> but have you seen that one? Oh yeah, yeah. I've seen that <laughs> one. Um, did what about uh, Audition? Did you see that? No, I'm I'm too scared to watch that one. <laughs> okay. Well, give it a try. It's it's okay. really it's you know. It's completely different than the Haunted Asylum movie. Takes its time, but it's great. Mm -hmm. so, anyway. What's the name of that French movie we reviewed about them? They're trying to Oh, Martyrs. Martyrs. Have you seen Martyrs? Mm -hmm. that's, that's I'm, too, I'm too scared to watch that one, too. <laughs> <laughs> that, one's, that one's pretty hardcore for sure. But if you could make it through uh, When Evil Lurks, I think you've got a good chance of making it through Martyrs. All right. I'll I'll give it a try, just for you, Roger. Okay. <laughs> yeah, report back. I'm not back. watching Martyrs, Roger. <laughs> what? I'm not, I'm not watching Martyrs. Oh, you haven't seen that one, Scott? No, I told you. I've told you several times, like, you guys want to do Human Centipede. I'm not watching that. <laughs> <laughs> not going to do it, no. Well, now, Benji, have you seen Human Centipede? Uh, no. Nah, you gotta you got to watch that one, too. <laughs> God, uh, I don't know. Well, if nothing else, you at least have to watch the South Park episode, Human Scent iPad. <laughs> okay, I'll watch that. All right, very good. Anyway, we're way off track right now. Gene, <laughs> is there anything more to say about When Evil Lurks? Yeah, I think, um, you know, we've alluded to it. it definitely, uh, you know, but um, I think oftentimes um, horror movies can, uh, I hate to say it, Roger, but 
it can get a little boring because you know it's it's like American horror can be it's all a little formula, but then it's good to to watch something, you know, maybe a, a different country, you know, they have different rules. They have yeah. So and you you'll get surprised. So it's good stuff. Benji, final thoughts on when evil lurks. Uh it was good. It just peaked too early, I think. Okay. Scott, what say you? Yeah, I tend to agree with Ben over there uh, that because it really raised the bar to a certain point, you know, and then it sort of I'm going to say lowered as far as quality, but lowered as far as tension. Um, so would I recommend it uh, if you like this kind of a movie? Sure. Uh, but would I watch it again? Probably not. Oh my gosh, I'm going to watch it many more times before I pass away. Um, this movie is, uh, and I was telling Eugene about this, this movie is probably in my top 10 greatest horror movies of all time at this point. Oh, wow. Um, wow. I just love this movie. I love it when no one is safe, and that's a rare thing to run across in horror movies nowadays. So give it a shot. Um, it's available on Shutter, or you can buy it off of Prime Video. Um, and if you hate it, well, that's on you because it's great. <laughs> Gene, what are we doing next week? Oh, we don't. Yeah, as as always, um, um, we don't have a plan. Okay, are, should we do the uh, a ghost story one next week? A ghost story, a twenty four four. Benji, have you seen that one? Is that the guy under the sheet the whole movie? <laughs> yes, it is. That is exactly yeah. it. <laughs> I wouldn't call that a horror movie, but whatever. What do I know? It's not, it's not a horror movie. I'll tell you right now, it's not a horror movie. Not a horror. Well, yeah, it's it's aptly titled. I will say that. I mean, but you guys also reviewed Lamb, right? And that really wasn't a horror movie either. Well, if you've ever seen Lamb, oh my God, that is horrifying. Because okay. why in God's name did I sit through this thing? But <laughs> um, so yeah. So any, I don't know, Gene. What what do you, what do you think? I don't know if we should review that. We have the director and the director's son. <laughs> what do I know? I <laughs> okay, well, as usual, something will happen next week. Okay. Um, Benji, thanks for calling in all the way from Washington. It was great to have you. Thanks for having me. And, it's been a pleasure. And, and yeah. Scott, it's always great to have you on the show. I really appreciate both of you coming on for this one because, again, I just – loved this movie and so it was great to hear your perspectives on that um and we will just catch you next week thanks for tuning in bye bye